I don't want to say we made it, but boy, are we close. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Always great to be here with you. And guys, with the season here, please do us a solid because it will help us tremendously with the growth of this show, which has really grown thanks to you. And that's leave us a rating, review, subscribe to the podcast, because when you do, we get a lift and we will send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. If you do that, send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you that koozie as our thank you for you leaving that rating and review. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. And we are here. We are just a week away from getting the Big 12 football season underway. It's not game week just yet, but I got to be honest, guys. I wasn't sure we were going to make it, and we have. So it's great to be here with you. I'm excited. It's like Christmas Eve. You know, it's absolutely uh, fantastic. That feeling that you get when the college football season is uh, just around the corner. I want to start off with just a a fun uh, deal here, ranking the Big 12 quarterbacks by unit. Uh, It's something that we wrote on the website that got a ton of attention here over the past few days. And I've enjoyed doing this uh, since the podcast, you know, launched a couple of years ago. That's the season gets going, you know, doing position by position rankings in the Big 12 and no position, obviously, gets more attention than the quarterback position. So let's spend some time kicking off this week's show doing just that in order from one through 10. And let's preface this by saying this is not ranking quarterbacks as individuals. All right. It's ranking quarterbacks as a unit, looking at the entire position and saying, okay, here's who we've got. Here's who's in the quarterback room and analyzing everybody in that room, not just saying, you know, individual, individual, individual. It's ranking them as a quarterback unit. At number one, I've got the Texas Longhorns. Obviously, Sam Ellinger is uh, a guy that we think at Heartland College Sports is going to be the first team all Big 12 quarterback. At 3,600 passing yards last year, 32 touchdowns, 600 rushing yards, total vets. But it's not just because of him. Casey Thompson, redshirt sophomore. Number 11 dual threat quarterback in the class of 2018. And then Texas has two Under Armour All-Americans in that quarterback room in Hudson Card and Jaquindon Jackson. That is a stacked quarterback room. You got the favorite to be the first team All-Big 12 quarterback, uh, a registered sophomore who's a former top 10 quarterback at his position coming out of high school, and then two All-Americans as freshmen. Uh, That is a stacked quarterback room. So I've got Texas at number one. At number two, I put the Baylor Bears. Now, Charlie Brewer obviously has the experience. I don't think Charlie Brewer is the second-best quarterback in the Big 12. But as a quarterback room, Baylor has the edge because of Brewer, who has the experience and the ability. And then also, you've got guys like Jacob Zeno, who last year, Jacob Zeno almost helped Baylor win the Big 12 championship game in overtime when Brewer went down. In fact, I think he's got more pure talent than Brewer, and he'll be taken over in 2021. And then you have Jerry Bohannon, who's also in that quarterback room, a former top-ranked dual-threat quarterback coming out of Arkansas. And all these three guys have reps, talent, potential. I think Zeno is going to end up being the starter when um, Brewer graduates after this season. But Bohannon, you know what? He may come a long way. He didn't look great last year in the couple of reps that he got. But, man, 
That is one, two, and three. Experience, talent, potential all wrapped up in the one there in Waco. At number three, ranking the Big 12 quarterbacks as a unit, the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, Spencer Rattler may end the season as the number one quarterback in the Big 12. Playing for Lincoln Riley, it's, uh, you know, you got a shot, right? You got a shot. But there's not a lot of experience in that quarterback room. You have Rattler, who is the former number one dual threat prospect in America in the class of 2019. You got Tanner Mordecai, former four-star prospect. Uh, Then there's Chandler Morris, who's coming in as a former All-American and four-star prospect who's a true freshman. So it's an unproven group, but it's awfully talented. But I can't justify putting OU higher than three. I just can't do it. In fact, you can make a case they should be four, but I put them at three. At four, I have the Iowa State Cyclones. And this is a very top-heavy unit carried by, obviously, Brock Purdy. Second-team All-Big 12 guy last year set 18-team records during the season for Iowa State. Threw for nearly 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, and he had nine games of at least 300 yards passing, which was fourth in the nation. But behind Purdy, there's there's really nothing. I mean, they've recruited two four-star freshmen in Aiden Bowman and Hunter Deckers, and I hope I'm pronouncing Bowman's last name right. I apologize if I'm not. But it's likely one of those two guys that will take the reins from Purdy in 2021. But for now, it's really one guy. And if Purdy goes down, uh, you don't have a lot of confidence right now in terms of what's behind him. At number five, I've got the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Spencer Sanders came along last season. And, and he came on strong, especially in the second half before the hand injury. He was lessening his turnovers. He was named the Big 12 Offensive Freshman of the Year. So I like what I saw from him. But... I got to see more to feel like he's a top caliber quarterback in this conference behind Spencer Sanders. Shane Illingworth uh, was the program's top recruit in the class of 2020. He was the number sixth ranked pro style quarterback in America, according to two, four, seven sports. So you figure that he's the guy um, who will likely be the primary backup to Sanders, if not take over for him at some point, but still, Guys, totally raw, true freshman. And then you have a couple of guys in Ethan Bullock and Sean Taylor who had some depth. But, you know, it's a good room. It's a good room, but it still is generally unproven. At number six on the Big 12 quarterback rankings, as we look at them from a standpoint of units, not individuals, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And Alan Bowman can be, I mean, if things click for Alan Bowman, he can be a top Big 12 quarterback. He's got the arm. He's got it between the ears. He's super talented, but he's always hurt. I mean, Alan Bowman is always getting hurt at Texas Tech. 2018 was his freshman year, still playing for Cliff Kingsbury. He completed 70% of his passes, uh, 2,600 yards. Then he gets injured early last season, expected to start this fall, of course, but there's some talent behind him. Uh, He's got Maverick MacGyver, who the coaching staff is very high on, by the way. We talked with uh, head coach Matt Wells on this show back in March, and he is very high on MacGyver. Now, uh, it's Bowman's team right now, but there is uh, some nice possibilities behind Alan Bowman. And then uh, you've got Utah State transfer Henry Columbia, who just came in, and uh, JUCO quarterback Brylon Lawson-Young, both adding depth to that unit. So I've got Texas Tech at number six. If things click, Bowman can certainly get that ranking up by the end of the year. At number seven, Skylar Thompson and the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, Thompson, honorable mention, all Big 12 guy last year, came into his own 
after not having to deal with a quarterback battle with Alex Delton, which seemed like it went on forever. I mean, Bill Snyder's legacy is not going to be this, but the way that his career ended, Bill Snyder's, with that quarterback battle between Delton and Thompson, where it seemed like every series it was a different guy under center, that was just that was just bad. I'm sorry, it was really bad how he handled that. It won't define his career, okay? I mean, few people are going to remember that in 10 years when you think back to Bill Snyder, but that was a bad ending. Thompson worked into that position last year, performed outstanding, really good. Uh, the problem is there's not much behind him. There's Nick Ast, and then there's Will Howard. Um, Ast is the primary backup and will be the backup, I expect. Uh, will Howard out of Pennsylvania, at number 13 dual-threat quarterback in the class of 2020. I know they got a big recruit coming in next year at the position, but right now I can't put it higher than seven. At number eight, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Jarrett Dagey should be the guy after what I saw last year down the stretch from him going two and one in the final three games. Austin Kendall, I'm sorry, after transferring from Oklahoma, former four-star guy, high expectations, just didn't cut it, just didn't get the job done. Dagey is the Bowling Green transfer, uh, and he came in and he gave the team a little bit of a spark last season. Kendall just didn't have it. Now, it wasn't totally his fault, all right? I mean, the offense was a mess. The offensive line struggled. But you clearly saw a team with more energy, more enthusiasm, and sharper with Daigie under center. But it's really those two guys, um, and then a JUCO transfer, Matt Cavallaro, and a true freshman in Garrett Green. So I can't put the Mountaineers right now higher than eight just because uh, the Power 5 success is not there really for, for anybody uh, at this point in time. At number nine, I've got TCU. And TCU's been trying to figure out this position forever, huh? I mean, think about it. And think about the promise that has been there. You had uh, Sean Robinson. He was a former uh, four-star guy. Then you had Justin Rogers, five-star guy. Both end up transferring. So, uh, you know, you had all this hope for that position, but it just hasn't panned out. Uh, really, since Trevon Boykin, you can say Kenny Hill, he was a fine stopgap, but, I mean, Trevon Boykin was the last time you felt really good about it. Now Max Duggan uh, expected to be quarterback, but now he's out indefinitely with a health issue. Matthew Downing, who transferred in from Georgia, expected to be the quarterback. It's just been a revolving door. Now, they've got Stephon Brown, who's the number one dual-threat junior college quarterback prospect in America. He came in this past offseason. But do you feel great about it? Uh, you can't. You can't. In Fort Worth, you've been burned too many times at that position. So, once again, it's up in the air at TCU, and we'll see if Gary Patterson can put together a semblance of an offense to match a defense that just deserves better. No other way to put it. It deserves better. And at number 10 for Big 12 quarterback rankings as a unit in the Big 12 conference, Kansas Jayhawks. The obvious number 10. I hate to say it, but it's true. Uh, Thomas McVitie transferred in from Mesa Community College before last season. He ends up losing the quarterback battle. He's now got another one against Miles Kendrick, who played a little bit more in 2018, actually, than 2019. But outside of that, I mean, you know, you got a three-star freshman in Jalon Daniels. Uh, he's from California, but I, there's not much there. Until proven otherwise, I'm sorry, Lawrence, there's just not much there. So there's our Big 12 quarterback rankings as a unit. That's an important note, as a unit, not individual. As we head into the 2020 Big 12 football season, I'm Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. 
We've got a week one announcement. Kickoff times came down this week. Also, what's the Big Ten going to do? It's all coming up right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. Hey, guys, it's Pete Mundo. And one thing I always do with you is get personal, keep it real, and keep it honest, right? Well, let's be honest about something. We've all either made that mistake below the belt or nearly made that mistake below the belt. And that's why we're happy to be partnered with Manscaped, who's got a brand new Lawnmower 3.0 that is making sure you're doing it right with below the waist grooming. And now the Lawnmower 3.0 from Manscaped has a battery that'll last 90 minutes, waterproof technology. One of the coolest features is the LED light. That way you don't make that critical error, and it can be critical. And an upgraded 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand as well. And right now, as a Heartland College sports listener, get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BIG12. That's BIG12 at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and a way to support Heartland College Sports Weekly. That's BIG12 at manscaped.com. Your family jewels will thank you. So this week, we also got kickoff times for the Big 12 in week one of the college football season. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Great to be here with you. And we are starting off the Big 12 football season next week on a Friday night. TCU taking on SMU on Fox. This is great, by the way. I'm glad they moved this game to Friday night because, let's be honest, those games next weekend for week one, it's not a great slate of games, right? It's just it's not a great slate of games. Um, You know, it's FCS opponents, mostly non-power fives, which is fine. I mean, that's, you know, that's how it's got to be this year. But the TCU-SMU game, I'm glad that one's back on the schedule. Um, I'm glad that both programs came together and got that thing done. It was, and it is, good for both programs. It's good for the sport. It puts TCU-SMU in prime time on Friday night. And don't forget, SMU's got a good team, all right? I mean, this is not SMU of a few years ago. Sonny Dykes got himself a good team there. So that's going to be highlighted Friday night. And that's what this opens up for the Big 12, right? With the Big 10 likely not playing. I mean, they may come back. We'll get to that coming up here in a couple of minutes. But uh, as of right now, the Big Ten is not playing. That opens up a lot of these primetime slots for Big 12 teams. And that's outstanding. That's exciting. That's what everybody who's a Big 12 fan, I don't care if you love OU and you hate Texas, you love Baylor, you hate TCU, we should all be able to rally around this idea that more uh, primetime slots on big-time networks for the Big 12 is a good thing for this conference. It's good for the recruiting. It's good for the talking heads and the pundits who are going to discuss it. It's good for everybody. And ultimately, it will be good for recruiting because too many people still think this conference is 62 to 58, you know, uh, OU against Texas Tech. Nobody can stop anybody. The defense is coming back in this conference, Okay. It's coming back thanks to Baylor, thanks to TCU, thanks to, heck, West Virginia's defense. You know, OU's turning the corner with Alex Grinch. You hope Texas can step up on that side of the ball. Oklahoma State returning, I think, 10 of 11 starters, if that's right. I mean, you know, Iowa State's got a great defense as well. K-State's always solid. You know, it's a good defensive league. 
All right, it's not SEC good on that side of the ball, but it's certainly way better than it was just even a few years ago, the Big 12. So I'm glad that that's going to hopefully get even more exposure this season with the Big 10 and the Pac-12 not playing. But otherwise, here's what you got here for uh, week one, just to give you some of the highlights. You've got three 11 a.m. games on Saturday, September 12th. Baylor, Louisiana Tech, Iowa State, Louisiana, West Virginia, Eastern Kentucky. Uh, people are complaining about three 11 a.m. games. Who cares? You move one, you got two at 2.30. I mean, what's the big deal? K-State, Arkansas State's at 2.30. And then at night, you got four games. OU, Missouri State at 6. 6.30 is Oklahoma State and Tulsa. Probably the second best game in the schedule. Um... Then you've got Texas UTEP, Longhorn Network, 7 o'clock. Texas Tech Houston Baptist is on ESPN+. Plus. By the way, we have a sign-up code uh, you can use on ESPN+. Plus. Just go to heartlandcollegesports.com, click on the schedule uh, for the Big 12 for week one, and there's a link there next to the Texas Tech game. It helps us out a lot. You can watch that game for $4.99. And then Kansas versus Coastal Carolina at 9 p.m. So, Got to be honest, if I'm still awake for the end of that K, uh, KU Coastal Carolina game, I will be surprised. Uh, they also announced a couple of kickoff times for games later in the season in the Big 12. That was announced this week. On the 26th of September, Oklahoma versus Kansas State is 11 a.m. on Fox. And then Texas Tech versus Texas is 2.30 p.m. on Fox. I would have flip-flopped those. I think Oklahoma-Kansas uh, State is the more compelling game considering, I don't know, Kansas State won last year. <laughs> now, OU is going to be a huge favorite, and OU should be a big favorite because Kansas State is turning over the entire offensive line. But still, I think that's the more compelling game. I, I got to see Tech to believe Tech. Uh, so I would have flip-flopped those two kickoff times. But either way, they're both on Big Fox, meaning, you know, not Fox Sports 1, but Fox. Back-to-back, -back, Big 12. 11 a.m., 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, September 26th. That's awesome. And then this was the other scheduling news this week. OU Texas, 11 a.m. on Saturday, October 10th. You know, obviously with COVID, there's no state fair and all that stuff. Why not make this prime time? Like, 2020 is just screwed up, right? It's a screwed up year. Nothing has been normal. Nothing has been right. I know OU, Texas, sense of normalcy, you know, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central time kickoff. That's when the game always is. But the game always kicks off then at 11 a.m. so that people aren't getting hammered and beating the crap out of each other in the state fair before and after. That's why they put it at 11 a.m. Just call it what it is. So if there's no fans, why not just put that in prime time? There's nothing else to put. I mean, there's no better game to put in prime time, even if the Big Ten was playing. So why not put it in prime time? And, you know, know that you're not going to have that problem this year because it's going to be a handful of fans in the stadium. Now, I guess you could still have rowdy fans trying to beat the daylights out of each other. But either way, 2020 has been totally screwed up. So why not keep it going? Put OU Texas at night. Make it a little bit different. It gives it a better feel, a more fun feel, a, a unique feel. And then next year, back to normal, and away you go. I just think it makes too much sense to put it at night, but um, Fox did not want to do it. Maybe they're holding out hope because October 10th is now the date that is being given for a possible restart of the Big Ten football season. How about that? It's now being discussed. The Big Ten has completely embarrassed itself. That's because it's a joke. The Big Ten is a joke. 
what that conference decided to not play football when everybody else outside of the Pac-12 basically is playing football. High schools are playing football. The NFL is going to play. The SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, they're going to play. The Big 10 can't. Are you kidding me? And now they're possibly going to try to walk it back. So the latest is uh, the president, actually. I mean, I never thought I'd see this. You tell me 2020 was going to have a pandemic and that Trump would try to save college football. I'd be like, what the hell happened this year? Jeez, wouldn't see this coming. But the president had a uh, conversation with uh, the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren. And apparently it was a positive conversation, not about politics, just about doing what's right, trying to get the season going. And there are now apparently new options on the table. Now, this is changing at all times. So as of right now, as we're talking with you, when this is being recorded, you know, they're looking at maybe trying to get something going in October. The dates that I've seen are, you know, mid-October, October 10th. Then there's a late October option. Then there's, you know, the Thanksgiving option, a December option, yada, yada, yada. The Big Ten should be playing football and it can turn this thing around. It's early September. We're three weeks away from September 26th. That is when the Big 12 football season will start. The SEC is getting underway. The Big 12 conference schedule, I should say, is starting. So try to turn this thing around. And if you got to start October 3rd, okay. Selection Sunday for the college football playoff is not until December 20th. It got pushed back a couple of weeks. So get on it. Try to get in your 10 conference games or nine conference games. And let's get going, Big Ten. If you want to do it, get it done. You're going to have to eat some crow because of the decisions that you made. That's okay. You'd be doing the right thing. You'd be doing the right thing for, you know, the players who want a shot, want to better themselves possibly for the next level, for the coaches, for the athletic departments who will have to lay off less people. Uh, it's, for the fans, obviously, it's a win-win for everybody. Just admit you screwed up and get back on the football field. All right? Let's do it. Although, if you don't, it's okay for the Big 12 because they'll get more primetime action, which is what I just talked about, and I would be A-okay with that too. So, whatever you decide, it's a win-win for the Big 12. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Final thoughts wrapping up the show coming up next. So one thing that's going to be uh, really, really interesting is what the stadiums are going to look like in the Big 12 as the season gets going. I'm Pete Mundo. Heartland College Sports Weekly is the show. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. Great to have you on board and appreciate you joining us here on the show. So uh, we don't know, of course, how this is going to look on TV, what the home field advantage is going to be like. I mean, we don't really know yet. But we're starting to see what different programs are doing as we talk about fans in the stadiums uh, this fall for the Big 12. So Iowa State did something which I think is incredibly fair. They said, we're going to have 25,000 fans in attendance for the home opener. That's about 40% capacity for their uh, game against Louisiana Lafayette. Jack Trice Stadium holds about 61,000. And then if everybody behaves... And I guess that's a big if, according to athletic director Jamie Pollard. But people are being responsible. Then they hope to have all season ticket holders in attendance for the Oklahoma game on October 3rd. And you know this. I mean, Iowa State fans, 
You want to be in that stadium on October 3rd, right? You want to be rocking Jack Trice Stadium on October 3rd. There's no doubt about it. So if your athletic director, Jamie Pollard, who, by the way, wants you to be there because he wants to make money for his department, you got to just, you know, do your part. All right? Do your part. Don't be stupid. We don't need viral videos of, uh, you know, students going crazy at the game and everything else or anybody going crazy at the game. Just be smart and you'll get every season ticket holder in that stadium come October 3rd against Oklahoma, which is what we all want. We all want that to happen. So I think Iowa State seems like it's handling this thing uh, very well. Now, obviously, other stadiums are beholden to health departments and city rules like, you know, Austin is obviously going to be handled differently from Ames, Iowa, just based on size of the city, size of the metro, who's in charge, who's in control locally. There's a lot that goes into it. But just think about the fact that Iowa State is going to have 25,000 fans at a game next week and the Iowa Hawkeyes and its fan base is going to be sitting on its couch, uh, you know, crying tears of what could have been. And that's, you know, that's disappointing for Iowa fans, obviously, Big Ten fans, Nebraska fans. Boy, it's a tough spot for them. Real tough spot for them. But maybe for Nebraska, hey, come on home, guys. Come on home to the Big 12. I'd welcome you back with open arms. I can't speak for the rest of the Big 12 fan base, but I would in a heartbeat. You want to come home, Nebraska? Is this the final straw for you? You're sick of the Big 10? You've lost your mojo being in that conference. Come home. Come home. All right? Get it done. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is uh, the site. So something else that came down this week. Oklahoma naming Spencer Rattler the starting quarterback. Not a shocker there at all. All right? I mean, there's nothing shocking about that. Rattler was always the favorite over Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai missed a bunch of snaps in camp due to an injury. But now the pressure's on Rattler. And and I think this is really interesting. Like, most of you might just assume Rattler's going to be a stud, right? And I don't deny for a second Lincoln Riley is an offensive genius. But this is the first time we're seeing Lincoln Riley with a quarterback that's not a transfer. He did it with Baker Mayfield, of course, came in from Tech. Then he did it with uh, Kyler Murray from A&M. And then Jalen Hurts from Alabama. And I'm not saying that Lincoln Riley can't develop a quarterback. I have every reason to believe that he can. But at the same time, I look at this and I say to myself, it's going to be a fun case study. It's going to be fun to see how Lincoln Riley deals with a redshirt freshman quarterback that's going to make mistakes in a way that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and Jalen Hurts were not going to. Those boneheaded freshman mistakes that everybody makes. He's going to now have to deal with with Spencer Rattler. Because guess what? They all make him. I don't care if you're the former number one prospect in America. As Spencer Rattler was. When you talk about ranking dual threat quarterbacks, that's what he was. But it's not going to matter. He's going to make those mistakes. And how that gets handled, uh, how he bounces back, how Riley maybe simplifies or tweaks things, I don't know. I have no idea. None of us do. But with that being said, following that story is going to be a lot of fun for those of us that just love watching football, love watching players develop their skill set, and then seeing from there um, how it plays out. 
And speaking of personnel over the last couple of minutes of the show, uh, don't overlook this. I I told you last week that Texas Tech could be a dark horse. They're not winning the Big 12. They're not going to make a Big 12 championship game. But can Tech pick off people that don't see it coming? I think so. Tech was picked ninth, second to last, just ahead of KU in the preseason polls for the Big 12. But keep an eye on this team. Matt Wells made a nice jump in year two at Utah State. Um, and, you know, Alan Bowman, if he's healthy, there's potential here. And they just got a huge transfer. Colin Schuler transferred from Arizona. He can play immediately. Of course, Arizona Pac-12, they're not playing this fall, so he's getting out of there. Schuler is the FBS's active leader in tackles for loss in all the college football at the FBS level. He's got at least 90 tackles in each of his three seasons with Arizona. He was the 2017 Pac-12 Freshman Defensive Player of the Year. Honorable mention all Pac-12 three times. He is now plug-and-play starting linebacker at Texas Tech. Don't overlook that. They've got a lot of transfers coming in from the Power 5 level. Six that can make an immediate impact with some solid players coming back. Once again, I'm not, you know, if you're a Tech fan, don't plan a trip to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game in December. But I would just say don't overlook this team. If you're Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, do not overlook Matt Wells when his team comes to town or you go to Lubbock. I'm Pete Mundo. You guys are the best, the most loyal supporters in the game. We appreciate that and appreciate you. Don't forget about our friends and partners at manscaped.com. The promo code is BIG12, BIG12, for 20% off and free shipping on the Lawnmower 3.0. And then also that rating and review helps us tremendously on the podcast. We've got free koozies. Send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get the koozie in the mail for you guys. Thanks for everything you're doing. I really can't thank you enough. We'll talk to you next week. Same time, same place.